So, uh, we're talking about a couple of uh, awesome things um, this week. Two kind of uh, shows that kind of that remind us where we are right now, as I think about it. We didn't pick these on purpose to be thematic of the current times, but it just so happens that they are. Um, we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale and Orange is the New Black that address um, specifically uh, how women are treated and seen and uh, function uh, in a dystopian America and how um, they are treated like chattel and commerce and uh, modern-day slaves in the prison system. Let's get started with the, uh, I don't know which is the scarier of the two, uh, the one that is actually happening now, which is the prison system, the um, America's, you know, big business, uh, big big box prisons, if you want to call them that. Uh, there's all kinds of names for it, but that's what I just think is big box prisons, you know, commit a crime, go away forever. But we'll get to that. And then this this other world that, you know, uh, what was the book written? So Margaret Atwood wrote the book. By the way, hello, Ian. Hello. <laughs> I'm not just sitting here talking to myself. Ian, the, the chattier of the two of us, you know, is over here. So I read The Handmaid's Tale recently after we were getting into watching it and, and they've taken some great political license with the show, um, which I quite enjoyed what they did with it. So she wrote this book in what the eighties, 1985. And it's about, uh, we're in new England and, uh, the Congress has been slaughtered. Uh, the government's been overtaken by a bunch of, uh, religious nuts White dudes, and I think I saw one black guy sitting at the round table. On the dais? On the dais. And then you have the, no one can, like the birth population is dropping dramatically. The world is polluted to hell and back. And a lot of people are sterile. Women are not giving birth. Uh, People are just not being born. And so the fertile women who are not lucky enough to be in the green-suited um, bitches of these uh, overlords. They're chosen and plucked off the street, kidnapped and held against their will, and tortured and beaten. And they're used as handmaids. And they um, they wear red uh, red clothing, like little red riding hoods, and white wings, like, I guess, you know, nuns in the making. And these uh, powerful men uh, fuck these women while they sort of lay in the, their wives' laps. It's a very strange process. And when... Atwood introduced this in the book back in the day caused quite a stir because it was so disturbing then and it's still disturbing in 2017. Do do they give in the book, do they give you a sense of the size of the population of, of Gilead? It's Gilead, right? Or something yeah, like that? that's what they, yeah, that's what they call it. Do they give you a sense of like the size of this community? I mean, it, no. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing about the book for me, and maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I just read it is that there doesn't seem to be any... You get an idea that there's a scope in that this is going on worldwide, but we don't get a population. We don't. She doesn't get very specific in the book either. No. And they, they kind of keep it a little bit vague in the show, don't they? Yeah, it has a very small-town feel to it. Because, I mean, you think about it, we have the commanders. Yeah. You know, they're like, what, 15 of them. It seems like. And then there's the the wives... And then the handmaids, and then but what? What about what if you're not a commander? What about those people? Yeah, I mean, I, in the book, I know that there's a there's 
functioning part of the community because the food has to come from somewhere and like the world has to function. So you have kind of like these working class official families. Yeah, you're either a soldier or then when they had that big dinner where they brought out the kids, there were other people. Right. So there's... It's just... I guess we're just looking at one... We're looking at the upper echelon. Yeah. I got that feeling that, you know, these 15 dudes couldn't just take over America. I mean, if that's true, then we're, you know... They have Then they have the Ants and the Marthas and yeah, all of that. But the, the guys at the top, I mean, I don't think it's... It would take a ton of them, but I think it's more than f- these 15 guys. Yeah. It's just... It's a little odd. It just seems odd. I, I wanted you wanted to, to see a bigger scope. I wanted to see how we got there. Yeah, I mean, she and she doesn't do that in the book either. Because the scary thing is, is that we want to know now. Yeah, because I think when the book came out, we were like, "Oh, that's really creepy." And what the fuck, Margaret Atwood? What have you been smoking? This is a strange world. And now, in 2017, she consults on the show. Obviously, it's like. I think we're all curious of, like, how did we actually get here? Because now I'm terrified. Yeah, and they, be- they yeah, show some exactly. backstory in the show that they didn't do in the book where he's, like, in three weeks. They're at the movie theater, and they're like, hey, this is going to go down. Yeah. And she goes from being, like, this feminist, religious author kind of person to now being this. Now she's, yeah. The 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 the, the laws that she wrote, she's now victim to. Yeah, she's she's in the cage of her own making. Um, but that is that is a terrifying thing, is that because one of the only things that I know with myself, I can say, look, um, it's not going to get that crazy. It just it can't happen. But but I think if you told someone in the past that um, four planes attacked the United States on September eleventh, two thousand and one, and... Um, yeah, you probably would think that, that... You'd think, like, no, you're making this up. It's a movie. Yeah. You know, three hit their targets, one got driven into the ground. So if you were just explaining and you were showing the images... Yeah, but this is this is the complete collapse yeah. of Western democracy. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a hard time believing that that can happen. And it's funny, though, when, every time you say that, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced it won't. It can't happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's not. why I want to know. Like, well, what are some? What are some of the warning signs? I mean, like not obvious warning signs, but how do we know when we're already on that path, or will we not know until it's too late? I don't know that you know until it's too late. I mean, I think history has shown us that no one saw it coming, or they, you know, people would have fought for it. I, I think if people saw. Well, they did have that one scene where they were riding, remember? They went to that – well, first of all, they went to the coffee shop, and then that barista was like, yeah. you know – Shut up, slut. Yeah. Get out of here. So you have those people who are walking around like they – again, one of the things that mirrored this um, current times to the show is that, you know, they had the silent majority, people who love their guns and who hate minorities – and hate diversity. Well, they're not really minorities anymore. We got to stop calling brown people minorities because they're taking over the world, y'all. Um, they hate diversity, and they 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 hate any of that, any LGBTQI stuff, any of it. And they're terrified of the world turning into this, you know, open place. Their values are being shaken, and so people have taken the crime rates up. Hate crimes are up. I don't know they have the recent percentage, but they've been skyrocketing since this regime came in. And you see a lot of, um, 
you see a lot of the same themes about women's roles, women's place, women's rights. It's not your body. You know, in in this case, it's, you know, it's completely played out. You are just a vessel. It doesn't matter if they put your eye out or they scar you, they maim you. Yeah. They just need your womb to be an incubator for their children. And I don't think that's way too far off about the way some people feel. No. And I'm not going to put labels on it because you start saying conservatives and moderates and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I have friends who are they're, – they're Democrats, they're Republicans, they're conservative, they're religious. They don't think in these extreme ways. I don't no. know people who think in these extreme ways. Well, I mean we're – I mean – we already still we still live in a day where human life is considered a commodity. Yeah, I mean, it's, true. it's you know that's not you know we're already there. We've already been there. You know, just the like the the absolute complete collapse. That's like freaks you out. That is freaky. Because I don't see how that can happen because I I believe the system is so strong that the majority of the population will not allow that to happen. Well, maybe not exactly like this, but in in other ways for other people, this has already happened to them. They That's can't true. trust their police force. They can't trust their neighbors. They can't leave the house while brown, black, foreign, <laughs> you know. So this, to them, there is no system yeah. to be, to let them down. This has been their life. Right. So... No, maybe no, but we're not all wearing uniforms. You know, you're the green team, you're the red team, you're the brown team, you're the guys in the black suits. We don't have, you know, the costumes yet. But for some people, this kind of already happens to them. Um, Like I can just, you know, people who get raped in prison while they're pregnant, you know, just the horrible things that happen all over the world, but specific in our country. You know, I just think... Wow, you know, how far away are we from off Eric's and off Reds and off Warrens and a Serena Joy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to, you're like, no, I don't want to be there. I don't want to. So um, let's talk about performances. Um, you didn't watch Mad Men. Mad Men. I didn't. So that's where she's from. Yeah, she's Peggy. Yeah. We're all like, yeah. Peggy! That's the thing, it's like, I knew I've seen her before, and I didn't watch Mad Men. I didn't watch it all the way through. Yeah. But I was like, where the hell have I seen her from? It'd be interesting that's, to see. That's where it's from, yeah. It's Elizabeth Moss. Um, she's one of those people who emerged from Mad Men. Everybody was like, John Hamm, John Hamm, John Hamm. And he was great. And all the other cast. It was a huge ensemble cast. You see all of those people everywhere. You go, hey, there's yeah. Pete. You know, you see all these players everywhere. But um, Moss seems to be having her moment in the sun. Um she seems to be out there and doing a lot. I thought she was terrific as Offred. I mean, if you was casting it from the novel, I don't know what I would have thought of Elizabeth Moss, but she's a genius uh, piece of casting. She got, you know, we got to see Peggy evolve from just like a, a secretary to a full-blown ad exec on Mad Men. And that great arc, she, I mean, that's why she did so well on that show. I'm sure she was nominated. I'm sure she won. I don't really keep up with accolades, but the, you know, she's one of the reasons why that series was successful, and because she told this story, you know, of the woman's climb in a man's world, and now we are in a man's world where she fucked. And uh, 
I like the way she plays it. I like the way she plays it the way we would. She is us. She's terrified. She's got to go along. I mean, they're shocking her at the Red Center. And she's like, what the fuck, man? But she learns pretty quickly that she has to adapt. She has to survive. She has to stay alive, most of all, for her child that they've taken away from her. So I thought she is uh, great in this. Yeah, and her and she has that. Um, she portrays very well that that in that resistance that's with within us that we want to believe that's in us. Yeah, and that we would probably go. I mean, I don't think I would be a hero. And if you're outnumbered, if you're outmanned, if your government is being controlled by someone else, you know, you're not going to be a hero. And especially if you're as vulnerable as these women are, not because they're women, but because they're just in this position where. You know, they literally are a walking womb. You're just I mean, just being reduced psychologically to that yeah. is its own cage, and then you're physically just being held. I felt I felt throughout the whole first season. I mean, there were moments where she was uh, she was standing up, uh, trying to find the strength within her. Um, but I think for every all all the way up until the last episode where she reads the the letters of all the uh, handmaids yeah, the ordeals pa- the package she sees her daughter and then we have that that stoning scene she drops that stone she drops and she goes oh, it goes it. back to that you know when she first came in earlier in the episode what do you say? I think you should apologize. I, what did she say? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Aunt sorry, Lydia. Aunt Lydia. I think it's not until that. And then when she gets escorted out, there's this calm on her face. And, it, and again, you start, I think we see, it culminates in this episode. You're absolutely right. And, and speaking to that, we start with her seeing what's scratched, the Latin phrase that's scratched in, the, uh, in her closet by the previous handmaid who ends up killing herself. Don't let the bastards get you down, which is the rough translation of that phrase. And, you know, she's kind of walking away like she says that phrase and it's like, blah, 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 bitches. I don't, haven't memorized the Latin phrase. But um, that little spark starts there, I think. Yeah. Because like she hasn't throughout even. Throughout the whole series. Yeah. yeah. She's not even really there yet. She's just like surviving at this point and is laying in her closet wanting to fucking die. And she sees this message, you know, left behind by this, uh, this woman before her who probably was also, you know, reading fashion magazines in um, Fred's office and playing Scrabble with him. I mean, he's, you know, this is his patting them on the head. And she thinks like at first they're equals and they're getting away with something. And then one night he lets slip, you know, you're just, you're here to finally do what you're designed to do, which is just have children. That's what you're here for. And she's like, Oh, this motherfucker. Um, I love Joseph Fines because he makes us really hate his guts as the commander. Um, And he's a lovely dude from what I gather from what I, I mean, he may be terrible, but, what I've gathered from Joseph Fine's work, he seems like a cool dude, and he plays this douchebag really, really well. Um, but yeah, so you see the spark of her, and I think with Serena Joy, she overplays her hand when she takes her to see her daughter and doesn't let her communicate with her. I think she totally oversteps her bounds, yeah. and she totally overplayed that. I'm like, oh, you just, you just, you've never been a mom. 
apparently you've never had a baby. Yeah, they come yeah. up out your body and then going through all of this and had that baby taken away from you and then you thrown into slavery and now you're doing this shit. Bitch, you have done overplayed your hand. So rather than she feels like, okay, if you, if you don't, if you, because uh, now obviously uh, Fred is pregnant with probably Nick, the driver's baby. Because Fred's probably shooting, you know, blanks. His Jesus blanks are, you know, they're they're not uh, so holy. So, you know, obviously she's thinking, oh, well, you know, if you hurt this baby that we're going to call our own, I'll hurt your child. And I think she just she completely fucks up there and just just uh, just oversteps because now she's just made a warrior out of Wofred. And so when they're called to the square the next day to stone Janine, who's tried to kill herself, I'd probably be Janine. That'd be me. So I'd jump off the bridge and survive, and then they'd have to stone my ass. Would you, would you have taken the baby with you? I probably wouldn't have. I don't think I could have done that. I mean, I've, I've never been a parent, but I just can't imagine. I totally thought she was going to jump with yeah, the baby. Yeah, I mean, because if the baby's got a shot at all, and I think the reason she hands the baby back down to, because there's this big dramatic scene in the episode called The Bridge where... <coughs> You know, Janine's on the bridge. Everybody thinks Janine's crazy. And she's like, I'm not crazy. This commander over here has been, you know, fucking me. And we've been doing nasty, nasty stuff. And now I have this baby. And he says, we're going to run off. And now i got to hand it over. And he's acting like that didn't happen. And, of course, he gets in trouble big time. We'll get to that in a minute. So she jumps off the bridge but survives. And then she's got to show up for a stoning. And then Alfred's buddy who they don't really get along. It was the, it's she the new off, for her. off mm-hmm. Warren. The it new was off Warren, the yeah. old, um, what's her name? The oh. old um, Alexis Bledel, who was off Glenn. It's off Glenn. Off Glenn. Who was on Gilmore Girls, Gil- Rory. Yeah. The, old, the old Rory. Yeah. The- I loved her. We'll get to her in a minute, but. I totally forgot she was in this. So good in this. So yeah, so you, you, you go through this process and you see her drop that rock like bitch, but her friend, her, her I guess her handmaidee, her her shopping buddy, who used to who was when they first met was given was like was really cold, and was always cold until they went off and into the stoning. I don't think they're the same girl because I got my white girls confused. I think one of those is off Warren, and the other one is off Glenn. And off Glenn used to be Rory, and then became this girl. Goes looks. I I used to like. You know, yeah. I would just turn tricks for Oxy and like some McDonald's. I like where I am right now. There's, this is good. There's two of them. And off Warren is is the other the 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 the, the one who's like gangster. Like, mm. she replaces. Okay, I'm getting this confused. Okay, so this is the way. I, th- there's the the person who replaces. Um, well, in the IMDb credits, um, Alex Bledel. Or Bledel. I'm sorry I'm saying your I'm sure I'm saying your name wrong, girl. Is playing off Glenn. She was off Glenn. So if she gets taken away, who's the new off Glenn? Let's see here. Because I'm looking for off Warren. Right? Yeah, there's there's two two of them. They they, they Yeah, see off Glenn number two is uh Tatiana Jones. She is not the same person as off Warren. No, she's not. But she's the one who gets, who she gets, gets her ass kicked. She gets her ass kicked because she finally stands up. Yeah. Like she's just like, yo, 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 this is wrong. I'm going along with this whole program yeah. until right now. I'm not going to beat my friend to death. Yeah, this is cold, and it, she gets her face. 
punched out. And, and ever since when they first met, she was she was always cold to Alfred. Yeah. Until I I noticed when they were walking to the stoning, and she was like, "Shut up!" He's like, "No, you shut up." Yeah, because they're and becoming there was like, friends. Yeah, there was like this moment. I was like, "Oh, that is interesting." Yeah, they're starting to like all of these people are starting to see all these women are seeing they need to stick together, and you know. She got her face busted in. Yeah, she got her face busted in for standing up. Um, so much. We were on our way to talking about a couple of things, and, and that's what happens when we start doing this, but that's fine. Um, I can't talk enough about Ann Dowd. We just saw her in The Leftovers. She played Patty Levin in The Leftovers. Um, she's Aunt yeah. Lydia in this. Just holding it down yeah. as uh, another creepy character, but adding layers to it also in the last podcast i kept joking i'm going tv's margo martindale well the actually i had this wrong the bojack horseman joke is um character actress actress uh, margo martindale you could say the same thing about ann dowd character actress ann dowd you know she's uh she's up there with the margo martindales of the world who can just turn in performance after performance and you just love them there's so much going on in just her face she doesn't have to move around she doesn't have to do any tricks she just rocks up and is just this just sympathetic aunt lydia i think yeah yeah she does not want janine to get stoned and even even when you know janine is gets her eye plucked out you know she's She's standing over her while she's sleeping with a thing across her eye, and she's just like, she has this pity for her. I, you know, I guess my question about the Marthas and the Lydias, because the Marthas work in the households, they do all the shopping and the whatever, and the running around, and the, the Lydias, and these are women, obviously, who can't have children too older. To, I th- I'm getting the sense that they're the older women who could have had children, but now they're kind of too old to have babies. But... Uh, what motivated these women? I mean, I guess were they just taken against their will as well? Because Lydia certainly seems like she's just like gung ho for this. Well, it's either that or the colonies. I, I mean, guess. I guess it's toxic waste or be this guy. Yeah. Like, like in anything, you know. And then you have, you know, they they do revolt. Yeah. You know. Well, we don't know how they're going to revolt. We know in the we know in the book. From the book that there's a revolution coming. I mean, obviously, that's that's not spoiling anything. No one's going to, like, this is not going to end with. And then they all went to the stoning. The end. Um, in the book, obviously, Nick plays a huge character as well as he does in the series. Uh, Nick, who's played by Max Minghella. Um, You see him kind of every. He's got one of those faces where you're like, oh, there's that guy. He's really good in this. Uh He's probably the father of of Offred's child, and he is an eye. Uh, that's kind of a surprise reveal in the book, but they just kind of reveal that early. He's an eye, and you get the impression, not even the impression, that he's sort of arranged for her to be taken away because he's probably heard news of the non-stoning, and he wants to get her out of there regardless because... Uh, Mrs. Waterford, Serena Joy, has been beating on her. This crazy bitch. Yeah. Beat her on the head, make her pee on the stick. I mean, come on, we are not going to be friends, bitch. Never. You and I are not going to be friends. So he's got to get his, his lady up out of the house. And um, and he's she's ferreted away. I thought, I think we both thought this, that this was going to be a limited series. And it was an actual just, it's a, it's like a show. There's going to be a season two. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize it was there was going to be a season two. Because I was like halfway through uh, the episode watching with you last night going, we got a lot of shit we got to wrap up because I yeah. know it's coming. Because, you know, um, Maura, I'm st- I was going to know as her, Samira as Pusey on Orange is the New Black. She gets away because she's, she's sent to work in the brothels because apparently her being a handmaid didn't work out. She was way too sassy. So she goes to work. No, she, a, she escaped. Oh, she escaped. Remember, they tried to, and she That's got on the train. Right. She got on the train. Sorry. So she got on the train, got caught, and they were like, well, this is a fine piece of ass. You know, they just see her as a commodity. She can go work over here in the brothels. It's either the colonies or the Jezebels. Oh, the Jezebels. So she becomes a Jezebel. So she's over there. And then because Fred is sneaking off, off Fred over to the same place to party. To the club. So they can have naked ass sex, you know, skin to skin. Ew. Um, then... She sees her old buddy and then Offred yells at Maura like, but then they're actually June, Offred's name is June. June yells at her friend and goes, we promised we would get my daughter out of here. And what are you doing? You're just getting along. You're, you know, you're doing what you can to survive, but what the fuck you got to fight. And that motivates Maura to cut up a John, steal a truck, get the hell up out of there. She steals that Land Rover or something. She yeah, jets she, out. She ends up in um, Canada. Ontario. Didn't Canada just seem like the best place ever after this whole horrible experience? Yeah, it's like fuck, man. It's like I just like I live in a really nice place when, when right they now. Were hanging, they were passing out the uh, <clears throat> and here's some cash and here's your medical card. <laughs> right? Here's your insurance card. We're like shit. We want that now. Let's go to Canada like, now. Let's go to Canada. Right. She's getting all this. She's there mac and cheese night. I mean, there's a lot of good things about Canada. Friendly black dude, kind of hot, you know. All the things for me. She got a shower. And you got family there, even if you don't know you have family. That's right. There. And then, yeah, now we see um, Luke has put Mara's name on his family list. So if anyone, like, comes into Canada or into the other territories, shows up at a shelter, yeah, they get notified. That's amazing. That was cool. Well, the Canada's very organized. In America, that bitch would be lost. If it was opposite and they were doing this in Canada, well, they would never do this in Canada. What am I saying? So, yeah, we had this kind of uh, family reunion between Mara and Luke, who, and Luke and Mara, who have had this kind of, um, you know, robust relationship in the past. Like, she gives him shit. Yeah. Um, is Mara gay? Yeah. She's gay in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that Samira is gay in real life, but okay. So I think her character is, yeah. And so she's made to be, you know, they call them uh, what gender traitors. If you um, are gay or trans or pan or bi. So she, of course, is not going to allow to be gay. And she's also a feminist. And so she's been very um, critical of Luke in early episodes about like when they make all the women quit their jobs. That scared the hell out of me. I think little stuff like that scared the shit out of me. Like seeing women all in red uniforms being, you know, handmaids to powerful women. To me, that just seems like a crazy far-fetched thing. Because I know too many bitches who would just murderize the whole government if they're put in the situation. I just know women. I mean, they get together with a bunch of drag queens and you give them cudgels and shit and Priuses and there'll be a mass slaughter. But the scary thing that I do see happening is all women can't work here at these places. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We kind of have a form of this already. It's just called work <laughs> and jobs and shit. 
because we we're not on this big play. Oh, there's a lot of opportunity, but depending on what color and education and background and la 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 and nepotism, can't, you know what I mean. What is, what's the joke? You can't be a president or a late night host. You can't be a president or late night host. But other than that, you can be anything you want to be. Not true, unless you want to be. If you want to be a bus driver, if you want to, you know, be a secretary, you want to help some man make money. So, but I can just see this being a thing like, oh, well, you know, let's go home. And I can see people and people already talk to women this way. I mean, just yesterday in a mall, uh, I want to say in Texas, a young girl of color was just wearing a tank top and shorts because it is like hot there. And she was asked to leave the mall. I may have the state wrong so not trying to pick on texas or whatever but she i mean i saw the picture of her nothing nothing shocking about this but just some white bitches told security they were uncomfortable with what she was wearing her ass was not hanging out of her shorts she was just wearing a tank top no side boob no top boob no cleave just a normal young woman got kicked out of a mall brown-skinned girl dressed like that so we're kind of what's scary about the show is a lot of these things kind of happen yeah and you know we do have surrogacy in this country but it's not forced so i don't know it's just it scares the shit out of me so um who else did i love in this um i love the guy who plays um luke ot he's great amanda bruegel as rita Let's talk about Amanda. Let's talk about Rita for a minute. Okay, so she has a very adversarial uh, relationship. It, well, I mean, not adversarial. She's hostile, She's hostile. to June when June first comes yeah. to the house. And I don't get that. Is that because she did? She got close to the last handmaid who hung herself? We know she's lost. She had a grown son who was lost in the war. So she's, you know, I don't know where her husband is, but she doesn't know, or, or her wife, whomever. She doesn't have her son. He's deceased. And she's cold to June. And she's only, she all of a sudden, when she thinks that June may be pregnant, she lights up like a Christmas tree and is trying to, like, get, give her food and be all up on her. And then when she doesn't. She goes back to. Being cold. Yeah. I, and I think it's just, I think it's. I think it's a it's a self preservation. Yeah, I think it has. You no, know, why get too close? I mean, but then I don't explain. It don't. It doesn't. Okay, so I get all that. I'm not going to get attached unless there's a reason to copy that. But so June's got that she's in possession of these letters, this package that she's not supposed to have opened, but she does, and she reads all of the letters, and she hides them under the tub edge, and when she's taken away by the eye in the the season finale. She hugs Martha, which shocked me. I didn't know they were huggers. And she says something about the tub. She tells her to look yeah. under the tub. And she's trusting this Martha with these letters. Of course, this is season two material that we're setting up. But, wow, that's a lot to entrust a Martha with. What is Martha going to yeah. do with that? You maybe, know, yeah. Rita. Maybe you know. there's something, you know, that that we missed as far as, like, just didn't get into the, the maybe edit. Maybe to watch that again. I don't or know. something. Because, yeah, I don't recall there ever being... You know, but after the first after the first um, miscarriage, she wasn't as mean. I think she had sympathy for that. You know, she there was the there was a there was an ice breaking. There was a softening, I believe. Um, yeah, and I we probably that. would have to watch it again and see if there's any subtle, you know, subtle nonverbal communication between the two. 
Because yeah, normally you wouldn't entrust somebody that you with something like that. Yeah. But I think there's been a lot of gut wrenching moments on the show. I mean, the obviously the pilot kind of makes your blood run cold because, and especially right now, and and they were teasing this show months ago um, when uh, Trump just got elected, so it wasn't it wasn't an easy feeling. I think we've all kind of calmed down, even though the news has gotten worse. I think we're all kind of hitting our stride of like where we're going in this country. But when this was first starting to be teased, and I remember the book being like chilling, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is this, you know, this is documentary shit now. I don't know if I want to watch this, but it's interesting as the months have gone by and we've we've seen this every week. It's like, okay, okay, I can sort of take it in a little bit. But one of the more gun-riching things for me in the show, besides just the way the women are just treated, and that feeling of being captured and held is when the um, Mrs. Castillo comes from, from uh, Mexico from Mexico, and uh, Mr. Flores is with her and her assistant. And just you think, OK, she's going to be able to, you know, Morris code some shit to her, like, get me out of here. And then you find out that Mrs. Castillo is not here for oranges or anything else. They're here to trade handmaids. Yeah. Uh, and when June realizes that from her homie uh, off Warren, she's like, uh, what? And actually comes out and tells Mrs. Castillo, look, they beat us and they don't care what they do to us. And we're just here to do this. And you're thinking, oh, my God, she's going to get her out of here. And so Mrs. Castillo says, um, no one's been born in my country in six years. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry this sucks for you, but we need people. And then her assistant, Mr. Flores, Says, hey, yeah, get, and gets, I might know your husband. Gets the note up to uh, Canada. Yeah. So these other countries are aware, but they are also not just flying into, well, maybe that's what the war about. Obviously, that's what the war about is, you know, control for power. America is no longer great. America's lost up its own ass. It's a toxic waste dump where nobody's born and things are fucked up, but you get the idea that oh, well, it's meanwhile, just, over it's, in Canada, they're like, "What's going it's, it's on?" It's the small, that small dissenting part of America that seems like they've taken over their small community. Because I don't think the rest of the United States. Oh, uh, they have to. They slaughtered Congress. <coughs> they slaughtered oh, Congress, and then they killed the rest of the people <clears throat> who weren't going along. It was just these guys. It wasn't even. I didn't even get a sense that. You know, maybe these guys are some of them were senators or leaders of whatever. But I didn't get a sense that this is like standing members of the Congress who decided to overthrow other Congress. I don't know what's in her mm-hmm. head. And I'm sure there's backstory on all this kind of thing. But I'm not taking that away from what was presented to me. No. So I do think it's as I think it's a small group of people. Like I said, maybe not 15. Maybe there's representatives across districts. I get that feeling. But I do think, yeah, they they came in and overtook. This isn't. This is what America would look like. It was overtaken by some of these people who speak this way. And Atwood did uh, adapt, help adapt the story to the to present current, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She actually wrote um, uh, ten of the episodes. All ten of the episodes. She had uh, a hand in shaping that storyline. So she was very much involved in telling the story. So this is not, you know, somebody's mad interpretation of Atwood's work. This is her, you know, having her hand on the wheel. Um, other performances. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I thought everyone was good. Janine was good, too. I love Janine. Um, 
I'm trying to think what I've seen her in. It's Madeline Brewer. Um, she. I was just looking it up right now. She was in Orange is the New Black. Was she? Yeah. What? I think she was season one. Was she season 2013. one? 2013. Trisha. Yeah, that seems very familiar to me. It's so funny because you, you see them branded in this and you're like, oh, this is what she's for. This is what she's in. I remember her now. I'm looking at her now. I remember her. She had the cornrows. That was her. She was great. Yeah, she was uh, maybe another junkie. Junkie, um, I don't know. But she's uh, she's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't know it was coming back. I mean, I didn't know. I thought we were done with this. I'm glad we have another season of this. I think they did it well. It seemed well-paced to me. It, it did. Like, well, it did now that we know that there's going to be a second season. Right. Right. If they had sort of left it hanging, I don't know. I'd been like, well, by the way, there's a prologue that tells you that blah, 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 blah. Um, and if you've read the book again, I don't know if the show's going to go this way. I have no idea. There's a whole prologue that addresses that this indeed is over and we're at some symposium way off in the future where they're laughing at this time in history like, can you believe this shit? Do you know Margaret Atwood has a cameo in this? Does she? She's an aunt. Episode <gasps> one. What? No. Totally, totally didn't see it. Well, I wouldn't have known if I, <laughs> if I saw I it. I would have. I just, I would have, I wasn't paying attention. This is one of those series that I probably need to watch. Yeah, over again. Over again. Yeah. And, um, and we should probably go back. We should have done that before we did the podcast, but, you know, fuck that. Fuck preparation for the podcast. Um, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think we get the gist of it. It's very well done. Uh, Got to say the uh, the Emmy campaign for The Handmaid's Tale is is I haven't seen it. We do live in L.A., but we live on this side of the world. We don't kind of live over where the happenings happen. But um, east of the four hundred five. Yeah, we live over here in Bouge Land. West side is the best side. West side. So, uh, but uh, elsewhere in Los Angeles. Where the rest um, of the people live. Where the rest of the, the folks live. is uh, There's a campaign where they have all these uh, actresses dressed as handmaids walking all over. I don't know if they're actors. They're just they're people they hired. I don't know what they do. They do other things. But they, they're walking all over L.A. in twos, sitting at bus stops, and just uh, they're sort of spotted everywhere. Uh, LAist did a story on this, Los Angeles Times. Pretty funny. You can find it on the Internet. Just Google Handmaid's Los Angeles in the campaign. Cool. That's cool. And I it's mean. kind of scaring the shit out of people. Also, they are, um, I think in groups they get together, and if you're a guy who walks up to them, they shame you. Oh. They, they point at you and shame you. And there's all, they have like little bits they do. They have shtick. So that would be fun to get shamed by a handmaiden. I would like show up as, a, as an Aunt Lydia and do my best uh, and Dowd impression, you know, of girls, you will be holy before the sight of God or you will be beaten. I don't know. I don't know just, if I'd learn some lines. Just blow a whistle or something. I'd blow a whistle. I would be, I would do my best and Dowd. It'd be so fun. That last, that last scene though was, was really cool when they're walking, they're doing that. Uh, the peel off. The peel off to the drum track. It was awesome. Yeah. It was like, uh, what, what was the line that you liked? Oh, if they didn't want us to be an army, they shouldn't have given us uniforms or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, you, you put a bunch of bitches in red and you fuck with them and fuck with them literally and figuratively. Then you're going you're gonna to ask for it. Let's do talk about real quick before we, we step off of this. Uh, Rory's horrible fate. Um, I thought Alexis was, 
if I've been saying Alex on this show, it's Alexis who plays off Glenn. Alexis as Rory. Um, people always felt that Rory was pop- problematic. She's been criticized in the past. Even fans of the Gilmore Girls have said no one is that perfect or that annoying. She didn't. She felt very two dimensional. You can say that of the show, in my opinion. Of uh, of Stars Hollow yeah. and its um, residents. I mean, and that's also why it's kind of addictive well, you know, we, to a certain degree. We gobbled that whole seven seasons up. Well, I have to say the last two seasons I was having to force it down. I yeah, gobbled, well, no. We gobbled season one and well, two I mean, willingly. Not, not like willingly gobbled. I mean, we sat and we watched it. I just wanted to commit to it. But I think after a while I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, la, la, la. This is unbelievable. Anyway, so... Alexis, who did have a bit part, she played a um, a housewife uh, trying to be a sex pot on Mad Men. And I, I didn't really, I was like, oh, damn, is Alexis not a good actress? What's going on here? Turns out uh, she just hasn't been given the right material because on uh, The Handmaid's Tale as Off Glen, she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. She's great. She's uh, also a, she's a gay character who's been separated from her wife and uh, forced into this um, handmaid's life and is not feeling it at all and is kind of getting out of control. And she kind of goes, um, she goes sort of crazy on this thing. Yeah, well, they force her to watch her... Her, her wife get hanged. Get hanged. Yeah. And then, like, they think they have her under control and they perform um, a male, I mean, a female... Um, Circumcision. Circumcision. So they, what is that? That's a, they cut off the the clitoris, I believe. I'm not sure how it, you know, but it's again, sex forevermore is painful. You're mutilated. You've been cut. You've yeah, been, you know. It's fucking illegal. It's fucking illegal. It's torture. And uh, it's perfectly legal in other countries and part of their culture and should be banned. But, they, you know, it, it's it's a horrible, horrible existence. And here she is in misery on top of everything else, um, literally just like an animal that's been clipped and just made for this. And her um, green lady, what are those ladies called? The commander's wife? They don't even have titles. They just are bitches in green and just called wives. Um, She, are they called the Naomi's? I think they're called the Naomi's. Yeah, probably. Because there's the Martha's, the Naomi's, the Lydia's. And then whatever the dude's name. So she's a she's a Naomi, I guess. But that Naomi is very um sympathetic to Offlin. Like she keeps making excuses for them not to have sex either. And you sort of see one sympathetic Naomi. Then bitch goes gangster, steals somebody's car, one of the eyes cars and runs over a fool. So you know she's gonna get high. She's gonna get hung. Yeah. She's going to the colonies, hung, probably hung in this case. She ended up on the wall. Ended up on the wall. So, yeah. We were left with, we don't know what's happening to Janine. Um, Offred's carted away by the eye, a couple of guys in the eye. Uh, Naomi, Serena Joy, she's all pissed off because they're taking away her, her baby oven. Uh, and it seems like Fred doesn't even have any idea that this is going on. No. He's like trying to put a stop to this, but they're like, no, step out of the way. And Nick has told uh, June, he's like, just go with them and trust me. So I think we're going to be looking at the sort of the same kind of deal. 
Uh, meanwhile, Luke is going to be over in Canada with Moira. And then we got to get, you know, baby girl, Hannah, out of the clutches of these motherfuckers. Yeah, so maybe that's, I mean, in the book, do they do they rescue the daughter? How does I that play out? I don't get that. I don't get that sense. I don't think that we ever know. Um, we don't have Luke in Canada. We don't have um, a lot of these circumstances. And I don't think Hannah is rescued. I don't think they ever address it. I think she's just in that system. So maybe that's what happens here in, in season two is that yeah, we, I mean, we have this whole. Yeah. And even like the. Because they, they, you said in the book, it's there's like this, what is it, a prologue? Yes, that kind of really tells you where it what goes. Happens. So I mean, maybe they show the the bring down of yes. this in in the se- this next season. It's funny because in the book we we just start with things suck and are terrible, and this is where we are, and then we get to a place where she gets carted off by the eye, and then we're reading this in prologue. So now a show can. It has given us a little bit of a glimpse in the setup of this, a little bit, a tiny, and then it's going to be able to show you from the card off by the eye to what happens. I mean, you what? I mean, what we really this the series is made for a showdown. This is made for you want to see this fucking government fall. Yeah, you want to see every commander, you know, just fucking straight razor chopped up in the streets and every Aunt Lydia kicked and you know. And when when, when they do have that that trial of that other that off oh that guy. guy let's talk about that dude you know Woo! what's his name um, Fred even he shows his hand a little bit on on you know not being too let's not to be too crazy about you know, people's crimes yeah, who, I mean who uh, here has not made a mistake and you know and then the the big the big chief guy I don't want to say big chief but the um, yeah, commander, don't, don't insult the big chiefs yeah. of the world. Yeah, the the the. I guess he's the main commander because he's sitting right there in the middle. Yeah, um, guy in the middle chair is always the Jesus chair. He's the he's the uh, the uh, what is it the uh, the committee chair. Yeah, um, you know he he tells that story of of off Warren's wife coming. Are we calling him the right name? Because I'm looking at the the credits. I don't. I think we're calling that guy the wrong name. Who's Who's off Warren? Well, there's off Glenn, off Samuel, Putnam Martha. So confused by these damn names. Yeah. Well, hold on. Oh wait, wait. What was um? What was uh, um? Janine's name? Because she was. She yeah, was... his. Okay, so Stephen Kunkin. Okay, I'm putting this together. He's Putnam, Commander Putnam. Putnam, Putnam. That's right. Putnam. So we don't have his first name though. Is he Warren? Well, whatever. Because I think they call Janine off Warren, right? Yeah, whatever her name is, because that's the yeah. that's the naming. Convention. So Warren, Warren Putnam. Yeah. So his wife, we know she's a bitch. Yeah. Fred's pleading uh, for him to have mercy. Yes. Hey, who yeah. of us have not sinned? And big, you know, big nasty white white Roman leader guy. I don't know, uh, Gilead bitch uh, says, you know. Well, his wife came to me and said, you know what? She says that he should get the fullest extent of the punishment. And then we are treated to this gruesome scene of two surgeons, which appear to be cutting off his limbs. Yeah, they're cutting off both of his hands. They're surgically removing his hands. Because yeah. I thought if my right hand... Right above, if, like right above the wrist. Mid, yeah. Mid. If thy right hand offend me, I guess they're doing right and left hand in this gospel. 
And did they take the feet? I didn't notice. No, they it, it they looked, just did the arms. They I just mean, that, yeah, yeah, just the just the hands. The hands. It, it looked from one of the camera angles. I was like, are they taking his feet off too? But no, it was just that's Stone Cold right there. Yeah. So I mean. We're definitely going to see him again. Well, Warren ain't going to be grabbing nobody by the pussy going forward, right? Oh, you know, shit. That wife of his, though. I mean, I feel zero uh, sympathy, by the way, for Warren. But it was just kind of like, whoa. There's times in the show where you're like, okay, they're in a market. Everybody's being repressed. She's in a bathroom. We're having scenes. And then you see shit like that. Or you see the people hanging in the building who ran away, who tried to stand up for the women who were being rounded up in that small yeah. town, who were swinging by their necks in a church. When when Luke was escaping. Yeah, yeah. and you see like what happened to people, uh, you know. And there's this run, there's renegade uh, band of, of sisters and brothers who are getting the fuck up out of there and grabbing each other and running for the border, and uh, by any means necessary, getting out of the country. There's a scene in the book. I don't know if we're going to see this in season two, but um, what I enjoyed about it, what well, there's enjoy. That's a strange word to use about this, but um, there's like these Japanese tourists who come to town in the book. In the book, and they see all of these, uh, and they're like you know dignitary related kind of tourists, and all of the uh, the handmaids are sort of standing around and they're coming over and taking pictures of them, and they're just fascinated by these handmaids. Like, how cool is this? And they're like, are you happy? And again, I think that scene has been replaced out with Mrs. Castillo and Mr. Flores from Mexico. But it was done with like the Japanese um, kind of government. So I recommend watching it if you have Hulu. I'm sure soon enough this summer it'll be on um, something somewhere. Maybe does Hulu make things free? Does that do they have a deal with Netflix? I think it just sits on Hulu, right? So you get a free trial and watch it there. It's, yeah. an, it's an original. You don't see Hulu originals go somewhere else. So get yourself a free trial and just clip through yeah, it. How many episodes? It's only... It's it, uh, 10. Was it 10? 10 episodes. You can, you know, get your 10 hours in, do that in one day, binge that thing, and then... Yeah, it's really... It's, it's, there's nothing slow about it. No. There's not a slow moment. And I would get the get the non-commercial trial. Like it ends up being it's eleven ninety nine a month, right? So you could just do that for a month and get your and just see it without the commercials. That's the best way to see any of this stuff. It drives us crazy when we're trying to watch shows like FX or AMC, and you're like, "Dude, why am I watching this many commercials?" Yeah, I ain't gonna buy your Hyundai. But unless Hyundai wants to be a sponsor of this podcast, and then we'll gladly talk about all the features of the new Hyundai. Hey, maybe they'll give us a Hyundai to test drive. We would do that and do the podcast from the Hyundai. Hyundai, buy Hyundai. Uh, but we won't do that until we get paid, so whatever. So don't buy Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> take not, the bus, take the metro. Take the bus and just watch these 10 episodes of Hulu and say, fuck it. Uh, and we would also be sponsored by Hulu. Love you, Hulu. Okay, uh, so now we'll switch over uh, to Orange is the New Black. Here's that theme song. Like, literally not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about Orange is the New Black. Not because, you know, I don't like the show, but I don't have a whole lot to say about the season because I feel like it was kind of, yeah, don't hate me. Don't hate me if you love the show. I love the characters too, guys. But, uh, you know, the theme in, in the in, comes on and I love it. And it's a great theme. And I'm like, this is going to be so fun. We're back with the characters. We were in the middle of a big standoff where... um. Uh, come on. Uh, who is the character who has the gun held on uh, humps? 
Oh, it's Diaz. Diaz. So Diaz is here. Or Daya. Daya. Yeah, Daya's like she's uh she's got the the gun on Humps, who's like this sick animal. And then we have all the contingents kind of coming down. And now we have a prison riot. And um Okay, so we're in a prison riot the entire season. And I don't know. I've never been in a prison riot. I've visited several prisons over the years in the course of doing, like, journalism and, you know, stuff like that. But I've never – that sounded really white. Uh, and to visit a couple of relatives. <laughs> but <laughs> that didn't sound so white, did it? Um, that sounded like white trash. So I don't know how they go, prison riots, but I feel like this was the most um, candy-ass uh, – disappointing prison riot. Although they did have kind of a staging of the voice at one point when they took the guards prisoner and they made the voice, the the guards perform. I feel like this season got campier. Now we get it. Orange is the New Black is a comedy and it is a drama and it's not necessarily a dramedy or a crama, but it's, and it can bounce back and forth. I think in this season it did it very unevenly. I don't want to be a dick. There were so many moments that I enjoyed about it. Uh, specifically this season, I've loved watching um, Danielle Brooks as Tasty. I love her as Tasty. And I love her interaction um, with uh, Black Cindy. They're, and, and it used to be Pusey. It was the, the three of them that I, I really most enjoyed and could watch an entire show with Adrian and Danielle and Samira. I mean, they should just give those chicks their own show. And hopefully that's when they wrap Orange is the New Black. Um, I hope that they do something. Or y'all, y'all do features together. I just want to see Tasty wow. and Pusey and Black Cindy just work and do stuff and be in things and just spread their wings. I could watch these guys all day. And I've said this before privately. I've never said this on the podcast because we've never really covered um, – this on the podcast, I find the other characters, other than Alex and Piper, yeah. the most interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I just don't. A couple of white girls sitting around talking. Eh. There's not. There's absolutely nothing intriguing about Piper and Alexis's story. I just throughout. I mean, and I've only spot watched it with you. And I, and this last season, I watched a lot of it with you. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about these two characters. Yeah. I, I honestly don't. They. I just, don't. I try to. I want to. But I don't, they I really don't do care. Nothing. They just seem very, very white to it, me. Yeah. And I feel like plot lines are concocted for them. Whereas with the other girls, they feel A, real. They're black and they're brown, man. And shit is not but cool. He, but even, even the rednecks, uh, white yeah. meth heads are more entertaining. Exactly. Than the other characters. So, I mean, I don't mind spending any time with, you know, Gloria. I don't mind with Blanca, uh, with Boo. I love or Big like, Boo. Or like uh, the character who, uh, Murder Math. Oh, I love, oh, Frida. Frida. I, mean, I asked for it last season. I had to say one thing. I, I, I've always wanted more Frida. And I, I just love her because of her murder math joke, you know, last season. She goes, you put the body in 10 different places. I just murder math. And I love that she was hilarious and Southern and just, I knew there was comedy in this actress. And uh, we spent a lot of time with Frida. We get to see her backstory. We find out about her secret survival uh, bunker. And I love 
Frida. I can't say enough. That yeah. She's just awesome. And, and the little girl who played her when she was young was, yeah, it was, good. was equally as <laughs> as awesome. So, yeah, can't say enough about Frida. We got some time with that. But I, I was just found myself this entire season wanting – I don't know what I wanted. And I hate when people do this. I hate when – like, they, they kill themselves to make these shows. They work 14-hour days, 15-hour days. Your crew is, like, just – you know, no. nuts to butts all day long. Not and, shitting on any of that. And I don't want to sit back and go, oh, my God, I could do better. I'm not saying I could do better. I'm just saying I'm watching this, and I want to love it. I want people to win. I want every show to be amazing. Yeah. You know, I don't get money for hating on things. I also don't get money at this point for loving things. You know what I'm saying? So, but I want to go in like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want you to waste your time. But I felt like there was a lot of concocted stories uh, and specifically, no. they were giving business for um, Alex and Piper to do. And I just – and that, I felt that a little bit last season too. But yeah, this just, season yeah. specifically, I'm like, y'all ain't got nothing for these characters. And I just want to see the chops on Danielle. I want to see the chops on, you know, Adrian. I went And I missed the hell out. I mean, I was so messed up over losing Samira. Because, you know, last season we lost – Pousset, and we were treated to a flashback in this show, the first meeting of Tasty and Pousset, and I cried my eyes out. Every time I even saw Samira's name in the credits, I'd cry. Mm-hmm. I just see her, and I just I cry because I miss Pousset so much because I love uh, love that this actress so much. I love the way she just embodied Pousset. She kind of sticks with you. She's one of those characters where you'll forget the series, but you'll remember Tasty, Porn Stash, you know, and I miss porn stash. She's now, you know, Mad Sweeney on American Gods, <laughs> Pablo Shriver. Um, I love Uzo. I mean, I love s- spending time with Suzanne. And when she's on screen, I mean, again, I could watch her in anything yeah. and hope we see a lot more of her. Um, it, but anybody else, you know, I mean, other than those two characters, and I'm not trying to sort out Taylor or, or Laura. I think they're, they do their work, you know, they're, they're out there holding it down. Laura's directing. It's awesome stuff, man. That's all great stuff. But I just, I don't want to spend that. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I'm it's like, just, please limit this time. It's just these two characters. That's, yeah. I mean, that's all we're saying. So bad, it's man. just these characters. I, feel I bad. just don't find, find anything appealing about it. I don't know. And again, Jinji Cohen is fucking master. I don't, I could never do what she does, but I just feel like there's not enough material there holding up these characters. That's all I'm saying. Or, I think the uh, acting or could I'll even, be there. I'll even put it on myself and say, I'm not the demographic that is, that. Maybe not. That will, well, I am, and I'm not know. feeling it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I mean, I, I was just more into, like, you know, you know, Pensatucky story, sure. I'm, I'm into Pensatucky a little bit. I like, I actually liked, there was two subsets, uh, two characters. I, I will never be able, this cast list is so dense, but there's two yeah. uh, sets of characters. The two meth heads, you know, the one who's a former yeah, uh, it's Amish. Like, it's like the, the Beavis and Butthead characters. The Beavis, and, they're the female Beavis and Butthead yeah. Absolutely. When you said that, I was like, "That's it." And then the two um, little don't y'all yell at me. They're they're Hispanic girls. I don't know if they're Colombian or Puerto Rican, but there's two of them together. That little twins, and they're the ones who are like are watching over the bubble. They're great together. And then yeah. there there was a standout. I wish I had prepared this before we we did this podcast. But there was a girl. Remember the girl with the crazy teeth with the short haircut? I said she looks like Rami Malek. Oh, yeah, her, yeah. That girl, and you know, I'm about to say she stole this uh, season, and I can't even find her name. But she 
is freaking amazing. Y'all know who I'm talking about. She was a girl who came out, you know, riding um, uh, the guard that's been on the show for several. This is how much preparation I go into. Like, it goes into this. But she was amazing. Like, I love this chick so hard. And anything that she was in, I don't know her background. I don't know anything about her. I felt like this might be an early role for her. She didn't feel like she felt kind of new to the game, to the acting game, and was just crushing it. Just comedy gold. Um, so, I don't know. We've got to go find her. And we'll shout out to her on the next podcast. I'll come back and go, oh, it was that chick. But whomever you are, uh, funny, funny girl <laughs> this season of uh, Orange is the New Black, you freaking killed it uh, as the comedy relief. I mean, any scene that she was in, and she was running with um, Spanish Harlem Girls. So yeah. she was in their crew. She was, uh, and you think she's not, uh, she didn't play it stupid. She wasn't stupid. She sort of played it kind of like Foxy Sly, but just played it for the comedy. And, uh, if you try to go through the cast list on IMDb or anywhere else, you're just like, it's a slog. I mean, I can scroll, I can scroll for like 20 minutes straight. I won't be able to find her name. Um, but we will, we will hunt you down and we will mention you and we will talk about you. Uh, wonderful actress that you are because I, I'm i going to follow you on Tumblr. I'm going to Tumblr you. I'm going to Twitter follow you because um, you deserve love. Also, Brandy Epps uh, is one of the skinheads. I loved her. And then the towering, um, there was the, the uh, towering uh, as other Nazi with her. Uh, the kind of the, was her name Brittany? I don't know. The poo... Poo girl. Yeah, she was always screaming poo. Those two were great. So these, you had these little uh, performances. Oh, I've got it. Nope. Here she is. She plays Zirconia. That's her character's name, which makes it even funnier. And the actress's name is Daniela de Jesus. Um, she is awesome. So Daniela, you uh, rocked as Zirconia. <laughs> Orange is the new black, black, and I am going to follow every single fucking thing you do because you rock. Uh, so we're going to end on Zirconia. Why not? Um, two shows. Hope you check them out. Do you have any other thoughts on either of these shows, themes, lessons you have learned? Um, and our after school special, that is the... No, these are I mean, as, of as, women. just as far as as um, the good shows that are out. Handmaid's Tale is definitely one of them. Um, it it very much makes you think about <clears throat> you know the world you live in, things that could possibly happen. You know, it's not uh, it's not one that you can just put on the background. You know, no, and, and do something else. So that it's a really good. That's show. a good show. If you can do that, then that's kind of my test, right? If you could put it on the background and do something else. For me personally, I'm like, eh, that's not. Uh, okay, so I, I just saw it up. It's uh, Daniel de Jesus. Yeah, I said Dan- Daniela de Jesus. Yeah, she yeah. played Zirconia. That's pretty funny. And I love that her name is Zirconia. I never caught that. That makes it even more precious and special uh that's it for us we've had a good time talking about these two shows we'll be coming back very soon uh we got some things wrapping up this week uh better call saul american gods um 
Twin Peaks should be wrapping up fairly soon. We'll come back. That'll have its own podcast because that's its whole weird of weird. Because we're going to talk about the early days in the 90s and the latter day. And, of course, Game of Thrones. We can't keep saying that enough. We'll be talking about every episode of that, at least in twos. But probably every episode because it's Game of Thrones. Uh, and a lot of other things that are happening. So, yeah. You want to take us on out of here with any last thoughts and pearls of wisdom? Um, You know, just... uh. Don't do anything crazy and check back in for the next podcast. Should be up in about a week. And we'll see you then. Zirconia!